it is great to have you here. I'm Jack, uh, one of the pastors, and um, if you're back maybe from a, a while, uh, I, welcome back. I think it's great to have you here. I know it takes courage coming to a new place, and we've been in this series called The Case for Christ, kind of looking at apologetics, which is just a big fancy word to say, hey, how do we understand the credibility of our faith, and we've been looking at some things the last couple weeks, so I'll do a recap here in a second, but as we start tonight, uh, I want you to think about coming home. Now, how many of you have ever been at an airport where maybe there was some people being reunited and they were coming home? Okay, maybe it was a young couple and uh, whether the fiance um, was coming down the stairs and the other person's there with a sign that says, Welcome home. See, okay, good. You guys are catching on. Okay, so welcome home, and then like you're there, and like you see the, the eye lock, and they're like, oh. and you know, it's like we've been gone for two days, and it's all, and so like they um, embrace, and they kiss. You're like, oh, okay, gross. Um, but then you're excited for them in some ways. Maybe you've seen, um, maybe I, ones I've seen is the little kids who are running up to mom or to dad that is coming down the stairs there at the airport. Or maybe you've, uh, I had the, the pleasure of being with a group of about 75 people who were welcoming some dear friends back from Africa and their adoption process that had doubled in the time that it was supposed to take uh, two months and it actually went to about four, almost five months. And we were there with about 75 people with small little American flags and, and uh, flags from their country and just people gathered around and, and the buzz in the air was exciting, was exhilarating as you kept waiting for these people to come around. Or how many of you have ever scrolled through Facebook and like you see soldiers coming home and like they're popping out of the present or things like that? Like I, <clears throat> anyone else cry at those things? Is it just me? Because I'm like, man, it's always dusty in my house if you watch those videos. But like, it just gets you because there's something about coming home. There, there's something about that connection, that relational connection that just thrills your heart and what you say, even in the deepest part of who you are, even if you're having a bad day, you're like, that's right. There's just something about that that's right. And today, I want us to talk about this idea of coming home. Now, we've been in this series looking at, uh, just a quick recap again, is Lee Strobel's story a little bit as an investigative reporter for the Chicago Tribune. His wife uh, becomes a, a follower of Jesus, and as agnostics, as atheists, they kind of thought they went off the deep end, and, and he was pretty sure she had joined a cult, and so he set out for about two years to disprove Christianity interviewed scholars all over the country, had gone uh, and done massive research and tons of reading, and had gotten to a place where he was coming to his own conclusion in this, and we're gonna see a little bit of this today, but in this search, all along was to disprove Leslie's faith and to disprove Christianity, and this idea, what we said the very first week is, listen, I know a lot of people kind of stand with faith at kind of arm's distance, at arm's length, and they kind of say, you know what? In fact, maybe we talked about this idea of spiritual sticking points, that maybe there's some stuff that's happened in your past, things that have uh, occurred to you, things you read about, maybe you're just a thinker in your mind, and it's just how you're wired and how you see the world, and you just always have this tension of, doesn't science like disprove Christianity and all this kind of stuff, and you're wrestling. And what we said is, hey, it's okay to wrestle, because the best things in life you wrestle through 
And you have to get your arms around them a little bit. And you have to actually do a little bit of work in this. But what we said is if you'll just open your heart a little bit and just kind of turn in God's direction, I am convinced that you might find that God has always been turned in your direction. And maybe all the answers don't get taken care of right away. Maybe there's still some struggles. But I bet that you'll start on this spiritual journey that you'll find worth investigating. And so last week we looked at this idea of the reliability of the resurrection because it's really the linchpin of Christianity. Meaning, if you could disprove the the resurrection, then you have credibility to kind of disprove all of Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus is either the greatest hoax perpetrated upon humanity or it is the greatest event in human history. There is no middle ground for it. It's one or the other. And so we wrestled with that. We looked at some research, we looked at scholars and what they had said, we looked at kind of the, these historical proofs that we can look at and we said, hey, can you hang your hat on the resurrection? Is there some faith involved? Yes, but can you have historical faith to the point that you'd go, I'd hang my hat on that? And we said, yeah. But the real question is, will you? Because the historical evidence is there. And we looked at that. If you missed it, I invite you to go back and look at last week because the reality of the resurrection makes this whole idea of coming home between humanity and a holy and perfect God, the creator of the heavens and earth, even makes it possible because it's impossible without it. Can we have confidence in the resurrection? Yes. So this week, as we've been looking at, okay, these spiritual sticking points, the reliability of the resurrection, so what? Okay, that's kind of where we are this week. Uh, So what do you do with this? So how do you continue to wrestle wherever you are in your faith journey? So maybe some of you coming back to church for the very first time, and and this is something that kind of stirs your heart in a way you're like, I I don't know, I'm I'm wrestling with this. Maybe for some of you, you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and maybe even for your faith, it's been stirring to say, look, I can have confidence in this. I hope it's hitting you wherever you might be in that. The essence of Easter is this declaration that Jesus made a way for us to experience life with God and to come home into a relationship with the creator of the heavens and earth. He made a way. Now, for some of us, we go, okay, preacher guy. (laughs) I see where you're going. You're gonna try to convince me, aren't you? No, I'm gonna lay something out here for you to wrestle with. Because I think investigating your faith is worth your investment. And if you only investigate portions of it and you never really get to some of the bigger questions, then maybe you've never really wrestled it long enough. And and so that's where I'm going. This idea of what does it mean to do something with what I now know because you have to respond in some way, shape, or form. Jesus, the Bible says, made a way for us to have life with God. Now, there's a part of us that doesn't like that because, after all, we're Americans. We like to make our own way, don't we? Like, we just, we have this gumption and this grit within us that that says we can do it, we're fine. And so we live life with that filter in so many aspects of life and relationships and even when it comes to spiritual things. 
And so we have these challenges. This is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think my way through something. So maybe as you went through college or you went through high school, if you really struggled like I did, you went through high school and you're like, I gotta think my way through this. And so you battled and you thought in your own mind and you made a way through and you got the piece of paper and it signifies that you accomplished it on your own. You made a way. Maybe uh, you started the business. Maybe you kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit and you kind of got going active in your job. Maybe you kind of got an entry-level job position, but you began to move your way up because you just out-hustled people. That's how you made a way. You just out-hustled the people around you and people noticed that and took notice of it and began to kind of move you up the food chain a little bit at your current occupation or the career field that you have and you begin to do that. Maybe you MacGyvered your way you just got some duct tape and like some paper clips and a pen and you somehow figured out a way to kind of make life work in your direction and get it. Anyone ever seen MacGyver? Did I just totally date myself? Okay, okay, great. Um, I grew up watching MacGyver. Didn't he have a mullet? That was uh, not even cool then. But anyway, <coughs> so. But maybe, maybe you kind of MacGyvered your way through some things and some uh, navigated situations. Maybe you were a person that just kind of survivored your way. You just kind of outwitted, outlasted, outplayed the people around you and the accomplishments of what you could, could get to in life and how you can, she is so adorable. Okay, um, but maybe you made a way in, in figuring out how can I do this on my own? And how can I continue to, to work and out-hustle the people around me? How can I be a part of this? We love to make our own way. See, the tenacity and the grit it takes to accomplish goals and achievements in life, listen, that is a good thing, and we need that in a lot of our ways. But listen, it is a horrible construct to try to live out a spiritual journey. It just doesn't line up. See, who are you gonna outwit and outlast and outplay? Jesus? Good luck. I think everyone in this room would be like, okay, well, I'm not gonna out-hustle him. Um, but, here's where religion gets sideways. I'll out-hustle this person. I'll out-hustle them over there, I mean, seriously, look what they do. And so we, we start putting labels to people and, and we start saying, oh, well, I'll just outwit, outlast, outplay them. And, and that's how you get ahead, right? Because the reality is Christianity has to have some basis or baseline of kind of the merit system, doesn't it? Uh, like if I just do enough good, then, then it's gonna work out in the end for my benefit because that's how it works in my job. That's how it works in the school system I'm in. That's how it works in the relationship infrastructure that I have around me. If, if I'm just good enough, or I'm, I'm better than X or better than so-and-so, then like it's to my benefit. Isn't that how Christianity works? God helps those who help themselves? The problem is you won't read that in the Bible. It's just a phrase someone made up. It's not there. Now, does that mean we have to be spiritual couch potatoes and just let go and let Jesus take the wheel and we never do anything? No, that, that's not what it's saying. But, but to say I, I'm gonna make a way in my own effort and my own energy is a sideways view 
in a skewed view of what Jesus and the scriptures portray. See, religion is based on your sacrifice and your effort. But Christianity is based on Jesus' sacrifice on your behalf. He made a way when you and I couldn't. Now, again, some of us bristle against that. We don't like it because we're like, well, <clears throat> surely if I just work hard enough, then, then I'll gain God's attention enough that he would just kind of like give me a head nod and be like, hey, you're pretty cool. No. The scripture says God always has his attention on you because he loves you. He cares about you. See, God's not looking for gritty people who will try to make their way to a perfect and holy God on their own merit. He's looking for a surrendered heart who will look up to a loving heavenly father who is wanting his kids to simply come home. And he made a way. The way home is not in work really, really hard to try to please him. See, this religious treadmill that we can find ourselves on leads into this performance trap that's never ending. I've just gotta do a little bit more. I've just gotta do a little bit more. I've just gotta do a little bit more. And you never serve out of gratitude in your heart. We, we serve out of this try to get something from God or to keep something that he's already given. That's why we end up serving. Or that's why we end up giving. Or that's why we end up kind of trying to do all these religious activities. You don't need to work harder to gain his love. You cannot run far enough away to lose his love. God cannot love you any more than he does right now. You are not too far gone for him to save you, but nor are you too far good for you not to need his rescue. Jesus made a way. That's what we see in the construct of Easter. See, the posture of the Bible clearly lays out for us to, to attain life with God, to find life with him, is faith in Christ, not a posture of performance, but one of a surrendered heart that's willing to come home. A spiritual surrender kind of flows out of the gratitude of what God has done. This is what 1 Timothy chapter two says. There is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man Christ Jesus, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Jesus makes a way. He had to make a way for us. We couldn't make a way on our own. But he wants nothing less for us to then take up his offer and be welcomed home again into relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. If you're wandering, it's time to come home. If you're wondering, it's time to consider coming home. If you've been trying to keep and work so hard to keep God's love, then friend, you may be in the city, but you are not home. God loves you. He cannot love you any more than he does. That's what Easter proves. That's what the resurrection verifies to say he made a way that we could come home. I, I love uh, what Jesus says, I think, to a tired and weary world. And I look around our world and our culture, I look around our church, I look around my own heart, 
And, and I think these words of Jesus speak even louder today than maybe even back when he said them. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, Father, Lord of heaven, I, I, I'm grateful that you have hidden these things. Thank you that you're hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, but yet revealing them to the childlike, to people who have a childlike faith, not who have a childish faith. The Christianity is not a childish faith. It's a childlike faith, drastic difference. He says, yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father's entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That's what Jesus is doing on Easter, revealing the Father to us. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy. Yoke is light. Come to me, those of you who need rest. I don't know about you, but I know and meet a lot of people in our world and our culture who are just tired. And what they really long for, they try to find in a vacation and yet it's elusive. Anyone ever been on vacation and then you come back and you realize you need another vacation? Yeah, that's the reality. Uh, rest is fleeting when it's just based on the things of the world and what the world promises, but rest can be life-giving when it's based on the one who can give it the most, which is Jesus. Which is, I think is why he says, come to me, those of you who are weary, and I will give you rest, because here's the deal. You're trying to make your own way, and you're just gonna make yourself tired. You're just gonna wear yourself out, and then you're gonna wake up and realize you're only one-sixteenth of the furthest that you need to be. Like, you're not even close to being home, but you've been trying to make your own way. And so there's this great challenge that comes John chapter 14 has these incredible words of Jesus. He says, look, <clears throat> do not let your hearts be troubled, verse one. You believed in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. <clears throat> uh, let's see. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I am going. And then Thomas, remember Thomas? This is pre-crucifixion, uh, pre-resurrection. And this is Thomas who has questions. Every time you see Thomas, he's got a question, he's got a comment, he's got a thought. Jesus, we don't know the way. Just let that sit there. Often we fill that gap with, we don't know the way, but we'll find it, we'll make it, we'll do it. We're good, you can count on us. And we try to carve it out on our own. And Jesus says, no, 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 <clears throat> you know the way. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Whoa, preacher dude, that's exclusivity. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
It's also the most inclusive statement you'll ever read anywhere. Because it's not based on your color of your skin. It's not based on what your checkbook has in it, what your checking account has in it. It's not based on the merit of people who lived before you or even your merit of where you are or the merit of what you're gonna do. It's not based on who you know or who you've known. It's not based on what region of the world you live in. It's not based on any criteria except a surrendered heart who's willing to come home and to do it Jesus' way and not try to make your own. So this challenge for us when we deal with spiritual things and we're wrestling with faith and what do you do with this and what do you do with these spiritual sticking points and what do you do with this resurrection and, and what do you do with having all your questions answered and the doubts that circle around, what do you do with that? And I think real simply, you begin to cut through all the clutter and you begin to say, listen, <clears throat> do you wanna try to figure, out, uh, to figure out this whole thing on your own? Or do you want to trust someone that's made a way for you? That's proven that he loves you and that you're valuable to him and that he treasures you and he desires to have a relationship and a connection with you. Or hey, you could do it on your own and see how far that takes you and see how far that goes. But everybody has a wandering heart until they decide to come home. Do you ever feel that? Do you ever sense that? Do you ever hear that from friends? That you're trying to, to maybe love them in a way that they might see what you've discovered. And you just sense this tired, wandering soul. And Jesus comes and he says, look, you don't have to let your hearts be troubled. I will come and get you. You know the way, I'm the way. It's not a religious thing, it's not a philosophy thing, it's a person thing. And Jesus says, I'm the way. I will get you home. Jesus made a way for us to get home into relationship with God. He made a way when there was no way for us to make our own way. The question is, will I take that surrendered posture and accept the way that Jesus made? I love uh, Timothy Keller, if you ever read anything of his, uh, he makes my brain hurt sometimes, but he's really good. He wrote this book called Making Sense of God, an, an Invitation to the Skeptical. And in it he says this, people come to faith in God through a mix of rational, personal, and relational reasons, kind of this hodgepodge of reasons, because it's all part of this wrestling. And he said, consider what St. Augustine wrote in 397 AD, so just a few years ago, he wrote these words, speaking about God. For you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you those of you who are weary and tired, and I will give you what? Rest. Here's St. Augustine writing in his own journey of how he lived it up for a long time and decided it was empty and hollow. And his heart was restless until it found its rest in Jesus. First John says this, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He loved us first, 
It's not that we were even aimed in his direction. He's always been aimed in ours. His love moved first. See, how you feel about God isn't important. What really matters is how God feels about you because he's the one that doesn't change. And he says that you're valuable and that you're loved before anything else and everything else. That you don't have to try to earn something on the front end to try to get his love, nor do you have to try to prove something on the back end to try to keep his love or to keep his grace. So let me urge you to be really honest with yourself today. Maybe this idea of of coming home, this idea has been wrestling with you. Maybe you've been wrestling with faith for a while. The Bible kind of lays out a clear path for us. Uh, In fact, I I never really mentioned this, but it's called, uh, maybe you grew up hearing about it, it's called the Romans Road. If you've ever heard that, it's literally a simple three verses that are taken from the book of Romans that the Apostle Paul wrote and said, hey, here's the way to know the way home into relationship with God. And so Romans 3.23 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Meaning, there isn't anyone who isn't on the list of like people who have messed up. If you're willing to admit that you have messed up in your life at some point, would you just raise your hand? Okay, that should be every hand because the reality is that's us. There isn't anyone who is perfect. I don't think anyone here would say, yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa, I'm perfect. Because four or five people right around you would be like, no, 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 last Tuesday. Um, And like, they would point things out, right? We'd all be called on the carpet for that. And what Paul's saying is, like, we all fall short of this perfection mark that God has because he is perfect, he is holy, he is set apart. He's not like you, he's not like me. Though he likes you and he likes me. And so then he goes on, Romans 6, 23 says this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's this eternal separation from God. We don't get to bridge the gap with our own merit, our own efforts. We don't get to figure out a a secret passage or a, a cheat code that we can get in order to get to heaven. It's this idea that, hey, because of the mess ups in life, because of our own brokenness, we're separated. And we can't make our way home. But, comma, Jesus made a way for us to come home. And Romans 10, 13 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not might be saved, not well, if you make the cut, you'll be saved. Well, after 20 years of trying to prove this thing out, then you'll be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, period. It's important to put a period there. It's this road home for us, this reality that we all can experience. Now, I I know for some of you, you look at that and you go, okay, well, I've heard this. Uh, Like, I am a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, I get it. And my question to you is, do you? Because I know for a lot of times in my own life, I get caught up in that performance trap of trying to earn what I've already been given or trying to keep what I've already been given. And what Jesus is saying, look, no, no, no. See, that's you trying to make your own way. I made a way. Would you just ride my coattails and we'll be just fine. 
And, and there'll be some things we work on, and I'll prod you a little bit, and we'll work on it. But you're with me now. Just be here with me. For others of you, you're like, well, oh, that's religion, and ah, I'm not that guy, I'm not that gal. But are you tired? Because if you are, there's a way home. Maybe different than what you've been trying, but there's a way home, friend. And I, I think after a couple years of researching, wrestling, and trying to wrestle this all to the ground, that's what happened to Lee on the journey of him trying to go about disproving Christianity. In fact, I want to show you this clip from the movie that kind of is at the, toward the end of his journey, 22 months of reading, investigating, interviewing, flying around the country, kind of trying to wrestle this whole thing to ground to prove it wrong. And he comes to this moment. I think when God kind of taps him on the shoulder and says, are you tired? Are you tired of trying to make your own way? Maybe there's a different way. So let's watch this together. When you became a Christian, I freaked out. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I was scared. Um, and I felt like that I needed to, uh, to save you. And so I decided to set out to prove this was all a big con. And so that's what I've been doing all this time. I just had to prove this whole thing wrong. But I couldn't. The evidence for your faith, it's more overwhelming than I could have ever imagined. But it wasn't just the evidence, okay? It was you. You never stopped loving me. You never gave up on me. And I think because of that, God didn't either. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't think God gave up on you either, but what, what are you saying? Uh, <laughs> I can't even fathom what I'm gonna say this out loud. I believe. I do. Let me just... But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, mm -hmm. to those who believe in his name. And what does that mean? That <laughs> means believe plus receive equals become. So then, how do I, how do I receive? What do I? What's with the protocol for, uh, for that? There's no wrong way or right way. Just 
You. You talk to God. Mm-hmm. You tell him your heart. Mm-hmm. And we do that right now. I mean, shouldn't we go to church? Or... <laughs> right here, right now. This is church. Okay. Everything. Uh, I, I never will know everything, um, but I, I know enough, and I believe it. I believe you. I'm sorry for what I've, what I've put my wife through, um, what I've put my family through. I believe you're real. And I don't know what comes next. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I just know that I want I want that. I want I want whatever's next. I want that. So let's do that. Amen. Amen. It's this journey that many in this room have taken. That, that said they got to a place, to a point in life where, yeah, they didn't have all the questions answered. Uh, and have all the I's dotted, the T's crossed, and had everything figured out. It didn't mean that there wasn't doubt that still lingered in some things, but they got to a place where they said, that I, I just know too much. And I know I'm too tired to keep trying to make my own way. And so they get to a point where they said, I gotta trust that Jesus really did make a way home. And so I'm gonna ride with him. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. But my hunch is there might be a couple of you here tonight or or more that would say, yeah, I've been kind of riding like in my own car for a while and I've been trying to make my own way and I think I want to get out of my Yugo because Yugo suck anyway <coughs> and I'd like to get in the Lamborghini with Jesus because that sounds way much more fun and maybe that's you and you know a silly illustration aside that for you you're, you're saying I want to do that and so I want to put this verse up on the screen that is what we've been looking at for really this whole series first Uh, John chapter one, uh, verse 12, that says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gives the right to become a child of God. It's this believing in my mind, receiving in my heart, 
It's really what we read in Romans. It's the gift of eternal life is what Jesus provided and all who call on his name will be saved. Same thing. It's getting to this place of saying that. And so I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up and we're gonna move forward in the service. And here's the simple invitation I'm gonna give you tonight. Because I know there's two groups of people here. One is, um, for those of you who are on that journey, and maybe you took someone up on a, on a bet and you said, okay, I'll give you four weeks in church and you're gonna buy meals every week, and, um, and you're here. And for somewhere along in this journey, it's just clicked and made sense to you. And you're at that point where you want to become a follower of Jesus. And maybe just kind of like what Lee did in this movie. There's no fancy words to these prayers. The, the, the prayer doesn't save you. It's not like this magician thing. It's the simple surrendered heart that says, Jesus, man, I've made a mess of things. And I need you. I need to follow your way home because I've been trying to do it on my own. And so I'm gonna trust in your life and in your sacrifice on that cross for my sins and my brokenness and your resurrection that proved that God said you made a way. And I wanna ride with you now. And I want you to be the leader of my life the best I know how. Maybe it's a simple prayer like that that you're gonna pray. In the quietness of your own heart, as we take communion here in a moment, as we kind of wrap up the night in a song, I'm gonna invite you to do that. Don't leave tonight without having made that decision right. Now for others of you, you've been following Jesus for a long time and you've made this decision before. My question to you is, are you still home? Or have you wandered around the city? Maybe caught the, the bus and taken it out of town a little bit, faith-wise. You haven't lost salvation, but this idea of being home in relationship with God has become this foreign thing where it used to be natural and it used to be normal. And I'm gonna invite you home tonight. That maybe as you hold that juice and you hold that bread, as you take communion tonight, it's just you whispering to God, God, I wanna come home tonight. And you make that. And maybe you set out this week to say, here's, here's the reality. Remember Lee was interviewing one of, the, uh, <clears throat> one of the priests in the temple and he asked the question, why did God do this? Why did Jesus do all this? And the priest simply said, love. That's why he did it. Next week, we're gonna look at this challenge as a church and as individuals. What does it mean to be a person who lives their life so that others can find their way home. So we're gonna look at that next week. And I'm just gonna invite you, I'm gonna pray here in a second, invite you to take communion, we're gonna worship in song. But if tonight was a night where you wanted to come home, I'd love to, to celebrate with you, to pray with you. If you don't have a Bible, I got one for you. And I'd love to meet you right down here. During this next song and during communion, you come see me. Let's celebrate together. If you got questions, talk to the friend that brought you or see Brian or myself afterwards. We'd love to talk with you about that. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, then, then welcome home again. And may it never grow old. The fact that Jesus made a way for you to stay home and to be at home in relationship with him. And so Father, that's what we pray for tonight. That you would guide us in these next few moments as we Remember your sacrifice, Jesus. 
your body broken, given on our behalf, that your blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins, our brokenness, that you made a way for us to find home in relationship with you, with the Father. That we don't have to try to figure it out or carve it out on our own. We get to just follow your example and trust in you. So we're grateful for that. Fathers, we worship you in song. May you stir our hearts in a fresh way that we might sense being at home with you. Father, for any here who need to pray that prayer or prayed already, I pray that you would welcome them home, that they might feel and sense your presence in a refreshing and new way. God, we wanna be a church that helps people unpack and discover more and more what does that mean to live life with God and to take next steps with him. So would you help us to be able to to tailor make that for each person here and each person who's not here yet. We wanna be a church and a place and a people that welcome home those that you're searching for. So as we take this communion, as we sing this song, would you stir our hearts as we just kind of linger and think about what you've said to us tonight. We love you. We love you.